Welcome to Dispatches. I'm Brian Stiller, and around the world, I comment on people and ideas and places. Today, unintended consequences. In Tipping Point, Malcolm Gladwell describes a moment in time in which an idea generates such momentum that it moves forward enabled by its own critical mass. As a snowball builds up size and speed, it moves forward under its own steam. I may have witnessed such a tipping point on Jeju Island, South Korea. 1,000 Chinese pastors and church leaders, uh, we met together for Mission China 2030, a headline which tells of their goal, which is to release 20,000 people into ministry by the year 2030. That's no small ambition. They sang with unbounded enthusiasm. They prayed with intensity. They laughed and hugged with joy. With obvious abandon, they anticipate God to be among and in them. Faith to risk, love to spread, joy to inspire, hope neutralizing fear. In 1949, there were 700,000 Christians in China. Today, estimates range from 80 million to 140 million. This story is without precedence. No country in the history of the world has experienced such mobilization of faith. But it's not the number that commands my attention. It isn't critical mass of which I speak as a tipping point. It's the nature of their conferences, their mission goals. Foremost for them is the world. And nothing so exposes the heart of a church than when it reaches beyond its own borders to help others. Such New Testament impulse, it was an essential part of the early church. The biometrics of the health and well-being of a church can be measured by what it keeps and what it gives. How much for self? How much for others? Plans to serve self? Plans to serve others. A statement showing how much is spent on self and others is so telling. Its tipping point is found in their intent to go global and witness. A spirit of mission, it energizes. A church who sends, gives, and prays. The more a church gives, the more it has to give. The more they send, the greater the interest those sending have in places their people have gone, which leads to more prayer for places they may never have heard of. The more they pray, greater grows their vision generosity, and a spirit of sacrifice. It's as biblical as any creation principle I know. Uh, ironically, in the history of mission, it was the communist takeover in 1949 which pressed the Chinese church into what it is today. The party then implemented an idea raised decades earlier by a British missionary who had gone to China, whose name was Roland Allen, who advised missionaries. And in the early 1900s, he based their work on the idea of what he called the three-self. It was a threefold idea. The church would be self-funded first, second, self-managed, and third, self-evangelizing, rather than letting the missionaries do it. In the early 1950s, of course, Mao, with his new Communist Party, threw out missionaries and then surprisingly implemented the three-self principle. Most outside China, they despaired, especially as the Red Guard took over and millions were killed or re-educated. What would all of this do? So many of us wondered. 
been surprise. As doors into China opened in the late 1970s, the church was alive and vigorous, imposing three self-ditties opposite to what was expected. Instead of driving the church into an underground death, Chinese preachers, pastors, evangelists, prophets, and teachers, they rose up to lead, discovering the power of their own calling and the anointing of the Spirit. Even in poverty, they learned to be generous and energetic. Without missionaries, leaders led, teachers taught, preachers preached. And they knew better how to evangelize their own people, how to contextualize the gospel into their worlds, and how to preach the rich truth of the gospel in metaphor and meaning, which would be understood by their own people. And so today, the church is growing, is energetic, unwittingly transformed by those who t intended to destroy it. It is alive and well. In classic Old Testament Joseph language, what one meant for harm, God meant for good. Biblically induced, unintended consequences. Now, Chinese church leadership is careful in, in following the advice of Jesus, they, who said, be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. They understand the importance of political harmony. So when, for example, a church wasn't giving a building permit to build larger to comply with public ordinances, they went to multiple campuses, keeping within the 250-seat maximum allowed. They're using video technology. So one door closed, another opens. And there are stories of heroism, histories of humble and wise servants of the Lord now gone to the reward. I met well-educated, committed, and resilient young men and women. And as I spoke with them about global faith, I felt a welling up inside. All of my life, I have loved and prayed for China and its people. When I was a boy, Reverend Spence, interned in China, Japanese camps in China, told the stories that magnetized my young heart to this great land. I followed with interest the times of the Red Guards, reading what I could find, then reports seeped out about the growing underground church. I've been here before, interfacing with government, trying to understand the concerns. But at Mission China 2030, I watched and listened and joined an unquenchable company of Christians who are committed to pursue the God of peace, taking the lively message of Jesus to their world and beyond. Uh, is this a tipping point? Well, I don't want to overwork the metaphor but I did feel a growing momentum of witness and faith that's irrepressible. Time. Time will show its power and its presence. I'm Brian Stiller, and I serve as Global Ambassador for the World Evangelical Alliance.